Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this week's Dorsey Wright podcast. My name is Ben Jones. And I'm Ian Saunders. And I think this week it's the new quarter, Ian. So a lot of our work over the past few days, uh, if you look at any of our daily active report articles or any of our ETF feature articles, you know, we're talking about the first quarter and some of the performance trends we saw. So I think with this podcast, we want to continue in that vein and look at some of the performance trends that we saw in Q1 2019 and where that might lead us in Q2 2019, right? So, um, you know, the new quarter is here. Um, let's talk about what happened, right? And, and if you think back to the first quarter of 2019, it was uh, very different from what we saw um, at the end of 2018, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was a stark contrast where, you know, from October to basically December 2018, It was a market that was defined by volatility. It was a market that was defined by short-term weakness in U.S. equities. Uh, It was a market that was defined by just massive choppiness. Very different this time around, right? The last three months, it's basically been a straight shot up, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at the way the markets have responded and rebounded from that, you know, basically that almost Christmas Eve low of 2018. Uh, we've seen strong performance really across the board, uh, really in just you could say global capital markets. You know, almost you know almost any type of investment uh, or any type of asset class had some dispersion, had divergers that provided uh, trend followers, um, investors with opportunities. Uh, the S and P 500, looking at the Spider S and P 500 ETF trust SPY, was up over 13 percent this past quarter. Uh, if you bought the equal-weighted basket of S&P 500 stocks using the RSP, the Invesco S&P 500 equal-weighted ETF, it was up 14, over 14%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we saw a broad rally uh, within U.S. equities and also really across the world. And speaking to that broad rally, I mean, if we're looking at we in our kind of quarterly um, ETF performance summary, kind of pick different places, ETF representatives kind of all around from all the investable universe. There's really only one area that was in negative territory uh, for the first quarter, and that was a, um, the iShare Silver Trust. Silver was, right. was, was down. And we saw some other, some precious metals did, did a little worse than others there. But that really, I mean, really, as you said, broad base, generally across the board. Not everything was extremely positive. A lot of fixed income stuff kind of in the in the very low positive territory, but um, but generally just across the board, a very very solid quarter. Yeah. So if we you know go down the list and just look at again, and just we're making observations, right? We're just telling you kind of, hey, here's what it transpired the past three months, and for the most part, these are where for those that are following the momentum, uh, you know, where there's opportunities going forward, right? Because we're looking for persistent returns and consistency, right? Trends um, within U.S. equities, and you know. I think a major theme that we saw throughout most of 2018 um, that was briefly tested during the correction last fall was growth, mm-hmm. right? The growth style box was the dominant style. Um, it is still today, mm-hmm. right? If you look at those areas that outperformed uh, over the past three months, they have a growth-like tilt or style or feel. Uh, Mid-cap pure growth from Invesco, PXMG, was the best-performing uh, domestic equity broad ETF up over 25%. Um, you saw a lot of you know other kind of growth areas of the market like the Russell 2000, um, you know with Vanguard VTWG, even small cap growth participated VBK. You know those are some areas that outperformed. What's interesting is that uh, those areas that are kind of more value like 
Uh, while they did produce positive absolute re returns, they you know they struggled on a relative basis. You know, looking at say you know dynamic large value um, PWV or deep value ETF DVP, uh, those underperformed. I think a lot of ETFs that were in the headlines last fall for making you know shifting to defense. Um, you know, definitely helped you, let's say, in the fall where you're able to kind of rotate into cash. You know, those are some areas that lag this quarter. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad thing, right? That's just mm -hmm. a function of the process uh, where, you know, those areas are beginning to shift back into to offense, so to speak. But overall, you needed to be, you know, really invested in those growth styles to outperform this past quarter within the U.S. equity space. And I think, Ian, I think that's also true from a sector standpoint, right? It is. It is from from a, from a sector standpoint. I mean, we if we're looking at some of the sector rotation strategies that we use, um, such as the the FE is the most popular, uh, most popular one probably there, right. um, and w that was up. It's up year to date. So through yesterday, it was up over twenty percent, twenty one percent. Um, and just as you were talking about some of those defensive strategies, strategies that moved into some defensive positioning at the end of the year um, have underperformed a little bit. That that would be the, the FEC would be our example right. of that, which is I mean still had still solid year to date performance up over fifteen percent, but a little I mean a little bit less than the twenty one percent seen by FE. So right. moving into that some of that that defensive positioning there. Um, as and as many of those strategies as we know are going to be um, a little bit slower to move back out of that, which mm -hmm. can can be helpful and and uh, and and uh, tend to lead to a little bit of underperformance there. But the um, then another area that we were taking a look at here that, that we were speaking about was um, in the international space. I mean, right. it wasn't just the domestic equities that we've seen solid gains this year. We, we've seen it really, as you said, globally. Um, and a lot of that global growth has come from emerging markets and specifically there from China. Um, that, that has been a solid performer here over the first three months of the year. The China extract, the extractors harvest um, China A shares ETF there was up over 30% over, mm -hmm. over the first quarter on the ASHR. A so definitely a lot of growth coming out of that space. So. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's just you, China was in the headlines for much of last year. You know, I think it kind of raised some red flags just with the, the quote unquote trade wars. I mean, how many magazine mm -hmm. covers do you see? Uh, I remember the Economist had one with the, the hand grenade and, <laughs> and it's, you know, the face of Trump and um, you know, basically, you know, the next global conflict is trade wars, right? Mm -hmm. um, but China was probably the best and is and was the best performing area last quarter within the international markets. Um, you know, looking at the China A share ETF, as you mentioned, uh, on the sector level, you know, consumer goods and internet, uh, you know, followed suit within China, and that's looking at the Global X consumer ETF and Crane Shares China Internet, both of which were up over twenty five percent. Um, if you took an approach where say, hey, I'm going to have exposure to both China and India, um, you also did pretty well looking at the First Trust India ETF up over 20. And on the backdrop of that, I mean, that's with the, the benchmarks like the uh, MSCI Emerging Markets ETF at iShares, EM was up almost 10%, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it definitely was a broad rally, but really pushed heavy um, by some of the outperformance in China. Uh, those areas that lagged last quarter within the international markets, um, you know, we're in certain pockets like Turkey was one uh, weak area within the international markets, uh, Poland another. But for the most part, there wasn't a lot of volatility. Uh, you saw some some positive trends kind of take place within international markets, but you needed to have exposure to those areas that were outperforming. That was probably China. Uh, there's some interesting news going out today that they're close to, you know, kind of, you know, 
coming to some sort of agreement on trade. Mm-hmm. I saw some headline. There's like you know about ninety percent of the talks are, are done. There's the, the hard part is you know the, the next ten percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to make some concessions, and uh, the markets have reacted pretty positively to that news about hey that you know this trade war with China. Uh, they're making some agreements and concessions on tariffs. Uh, you see some areas respond like semiconductors. Um, looking at some of the performance from Micron today, MU up over you know almost five percent intraday. Um, you look at uh, AMD uh, Micron Devices, mm-hmm. um, that's up almost ten percent intraday. I believe it's up around like eight or nine percent. Yeah. That's me, that's advanced Micro Devices AMD. Um, so those have responded positively. And the interesting thing is that you know on a sector level, just going back to that real quick, just pivoting. You know, semiconductors and technology and software, anything tech-related was a bright spot, and that's where a lot of sector rotation strategies are, are overweighting. Um, you know, the SMH, the Vanek Vector Semiconductor ETF, up over 20% last quarter. Um, so that was a, a strong area of the markets. Um, you know, any weak areas, you know, kind of certain pockets of healthcare, like healthcare providers and pharmaceuticals. Uh, you know, banks struggled last quarter. So, you know, I think that's one area that we're definitely watching is, you know, the financial sector. It just seems to be um, some just continual weakness there. Um, so that's one area that we're paying attention to. And then, you know, kind of going towards another asset class that, you know, I think is one to watch in Q2, both on the commodity level as well as the equity level is energy, mm-hmm. right? Um, you look at the best performing commodity, the physical commodity ETFs last quarter uh, were probably energy related. The United States oil fund, USO, was up about 29%. United States gasoline fund, UGA, up over 28%. Uh, so, and with that, we've seen some of the energy stocks respond, mm-hmm. you know, come close to breaking through the bearish resistance line or move to positive trends. So you're seeing some of the strength on the commodity level uh, maybe, you know, feed into uh, the equity market. So that's another, I think, trend to watch in Q2 is that can this trend in energy continue and how will that impact the commodities as well as the equities? Absolutely. And when you're speaking about the, the, the trend specifically, a lot of these, as we, we touched on previously, we're bumping right up against a lot of these um, energy-related securities, bumping right up against these Longer term, um, these longer term bearish resistance lines, mm-hmm. and so we haven't yet seen a lot of the energy names uh, pop up from from our rankings, on, rather on the Dolly rankings or the asset point. class group scores. But if some of those securities do begin to break through those resistance lines, and that's one of the points that we would look at there, you might see um, that follow through continue through on some of the rankings. So definitely a point to watch out for as we continue into Q two. Yeah, and then let's you know kind of look at what's happening in fixed income and currency space. Um, you know, within currency, I, I think it was a quarter that was still defined by the dollar, right? I mean, um, the uh, NYSCE U.S. dollar index spot index, DX forward slash YNR system, uh, was up over percent. Um, a basket of, you know, foreign currencies that we've created, DWA foreign currency index, DWFXI, was down about 70 basis points. Um, what did this cause? Well, it just caused, you know, weakness uh, within the foreign currencies, uh, ETFs that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that were impacted the most by the strength of the dollar, and this is just judging by just basic ETF performance last quarter, uh, the Swedish Krona, FXS, down 5, uh, the Euro, FXE, down about two and, uh, 2.25%, the Swiss franc, Japanese yen, uh, those are currencies that were impacted by a strong dollar. And what's interesting is that, you know, this, you know, also impacted some fixed income returns, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you're looking at, let's say, uh, international bond portfolios that were either local currency denominated 
or US currency or US dollar denominated, those that were US dollar related actually performed pretty well. Uh, PCY uh, was up about 6% on the emerging market debt side, while the local currency bond ETF, EMLC, was only up one. So you're almost looking at about a a 5% performance differential between the two. Uh, Elsewhere within fixed income, favoring convertibles, preferreds, high-yield, equity-like bonds uh, were definitely uh, the bright spot of the uh, fixed income asset class last quarter. And not surprising, we saw just, you know, short-term bonds kind of hang in there, really not do much, so they, they lagged. Um, and that's again is on the backdrop of a, a strong fixed income quarter, like the mm-hmm. aggregate bond index, uh, the iShares U.S. Core Bond ETF (AGG) was up over two, uh, almost two and a half percent at two point four two, and that's not even on a total return basis. So uh, it was a strong, broad rally within fixed income as well as rates, you know, kind of moved edge lower and, and traded sideways for much of the quarter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, if we think about kind of what does this all mean for us going forward? Uh, you know, these are just some of the performance trends that you know we saw last quarter, right? Uh, we did not see a lot of rotation on the model level. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the sector rotation strategies held firm uh, with their exposure. Uh, a lot of them still are overweighting, you know, technology and healthcare. Um, you know, that is still the theme for some of these sector rotation strategies. If you think about, let's say, some of our fixed income models that are out there, uh, we didn't see you know, much rotation. Um, you know, they continue to really allocate across the board. Um, you know, looking at some of like our, our iShares fixed income model has a mixture of some uni, some international, some short term, some, uh, you know, treasury inflation protection. Uh, if you look at, let's say, the State Street, you know, high yield, intermediate, municipal. So there are some common themes there. Uh, we didn't see a lot of rotation on the fixed income model front. Uh, if you look at the commodity model, uh, one that we, you know, offer on our website in the research platform, you know, we see that that strategy um, is allocated you know, to broad commodities and to precious metals. It'll be interesting to see if we start to see energy rotate into that strategy. Um, so overall, you know, this is where we'll be able to see these performance trends impact uh, the bottom line and impact our model exposure. And as always, you can you know follow the models, going logging into the research platform, hit the model tab. You'll be able to access all these strategies that give you rules based ways of accessing this, these different markets, especially on the ETF level, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And another area that we, um, speaking about the models and the model updates, we, we just had our, um, our our monthly FSM models were just evaluated, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was yesterday. And so we there's uh, more expansive models on the, on the quarterly, the seasonal quarter models right. that we have. But there are there are a few monthly models that are going to be evaluated at the, at the end of each month. And so um, there wasn't too much rotation there. I mean, it's still staying in the same general general areas. We did see, for for instance, on the American fund side, the um, uh, the American funds fundamental in, investment investors uh, fund came in the right. ANCFX. Uh, so just one change there off a fine five fund lineup. There wasn't uh, wasn't too many changes across the board. Generally, same kind of themes seem to, seem to stay consistent. Yeah, the interesting thing about that, again, this is the, the fund score method models, the FSM models. Uh, if you want to learn more about these models, you can listen to last week's podcast <laughs> yes. where you know, Steve you know, went over, Steve Raymond uh, went over the, the, the models and how they're constructed and, and how and why they're built um, using the fund score um, process. So it's interesting. Yeah, we saw you know a change. You know the new the fundamental investors fund went in there. Um, you know, kind of positioning it a little more toward growth. Uh, we saw American Mutual rotate out, which uh, was a little more value like. You know, based mm-hmm. on those, you know our classifications that we use. So that is a an interesting update. 
um, you know, remember those FSM models, they are updated either monthly or on a seasonal quarter basis. And so the seasonal quarter will begin at the beginning of May, at right? The, yeah, at the beginning of May, there the, um, they'll be evaluated. And we'll continue to evaluate also. Um, they're also evaluated, all the models evaluated at the end of month for potential cash triggers, right. which was a general evaluation across the board this time, but was not uh, not quite in play the same as it was at the, at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, very different. Um, where the cash triggers there look at kind of where money market, our, our, our cash proxy ranks relative to the rest of rest of the investable universe, really, and then um, also looks at the at the core equity percentile rank, two, two indicators that we track. And we continue to saw see money market fall throughout this this uh, this past month, and uh, U.S. core equity continue to rise. I think money market's below, down in the, below the 10th percentile, right. and U.S. core is back above the 90th, so, um, which is levels that we, we've seen we've seen there historically. Right, and these models are available through the Team Builder subscription, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, if you have access to Team Builder Matrix, you'll be able to see you know these strategies um, they're available in the Models tab. Just hit FSM. Uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, you may have heard us say that you know these definitely are one of the more popular models, um, at least the way that they've been delivered on our system. Because uh, they use some use mutual funds, some are built around ETFs. Um, they can be plugged into different areas of the portfolio. Whether you're looking for a, kind of a more focused uh, model, might using some of you know the Tira price funds or maybe you're looking for like a core solution which is going after you know kind of large cap etf exposure there's a lot of use case with these models so Mm -hmm. again definitely if you missed last week's podcast uh, no matter what platform or how you listen to it just check out last week's i think you might find something useful or valuable uh, from that conversation and if you have any questions about these models um, you know just reach out to us you can always give us a call 804-320-8511 um, ask for Ian. <laughs> He's happy to help. Or me. My name's Ben um, or Steve Raymond or really anyone on the team, right? Mm-hmm. We're all well-versed in what we do. And uh, I think that there's on the models, be it the FSM models, be it the ETF models that we have in our system, or even the stock models. I think we have something for everyone. Absolutely. If you're looking for a way to access different areas of the market. Uh, what's also important too, Ian, is that um, with these models, like they can users can build their own, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you can use our ranking systems that we have, whether it's matrix based or score based, to be able to to find opportunities and be able to allocate the portfolio to areas of strength by ranking assets by their strength, uh, be it matrix or score based. At the end of the day, they're going to get you in the same place, mm-hmm. right? In the sense mm-hmm. that they're going to be putting you to, in areas that are strong today, so that you're positioned for tomorrow. So I think that's it. That's a good uh, way to finish this podcast for this week, the first week of April, the first week of Q2 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Definitely log into the research platform if you haven't done so already this week to look at some of these you know, recent model changes that have occurred with the FSM portfolios. Uh, log in to look at the, the recent daily equity report features where we've gone over in more depth about some of the performance trends from Q1 2019. And log in to look at some of the new tools that we've put out. Uh, we have a really cool partnership with Options Play right now. So if you use options in your business, definitely log in and see how we partnered with Options Play. There's some really cool functionality that's available now on the research platform. Uh, we have a webinar series going on with Options Play. Uh, we have one today. Uh, that's going to go over covered rights. Uh, so that should be exciting. So definitely stay tuned to that. You know, we have some really cool things going on here at Dorsey Wright. Go to dorseywright.com, sign up for a trial if you don't have access to it. Uh, in the meantime, keep listening to these podcasts, and we look forward to talking to you next week.